to the pastry chefs, at-home bakers, and midnight snackers. Welcome home. My name is Jay, and I'm the owner of The Jay Spot, a little small baby bakery that I run out of my kitchen right here in Richmond, Virginia. And this is my podcast, Dope, where I will walk you through tips, tricks, recipes, and real-life conversations about baking, relationships, pop culture, and just a little more Beyonce than you would ever care to hear about. In all honesty, I'm super nervous about this podcast. Like, I'm so nervous about it. I feel like you guys are in my bedroom with me as I'm recording this right now, just watching me. And I'm not going to lie, I'm a little anxious. Like, I'm a little anxious about it. But we're going to go ahead and jump into things. Um, I've kind of learned that I don't actually introduce myself to people. I kind of just show up and start talking, and that's honestly how I've made most of my friends. So my name is Jay. And I am in the midst of my 20-somethings. I just graduated college, allegedly. Um, They never actually gave me my degree, so I probably didn't graduate from college. We'll see. And I graduated almost a year ago, so maybe I didn't graduate. I should probably get that sorted out, but we'll see. I mean, what's a degree anyways, but paperwork. We'll call the office, maybe. We'll see. I majored in communications, so it's like I love to run my mouth so much that I decided to make a career out of it. Like I decided this is what I want to go to school for and this is what I want to make money off of. So this is second nature. This is, I'm home right now. I love to bake. I started baking when I was really, really young. My fondest memories of baking are with my mom. She used to let me bake a lot with her. We used to bake cookies, we used to bake pound cakes. I worked in a bakery for three years and I have tons of stories about that and how that went. I feel like after I quit my bakery job, I didn't I didn't bake as much. In fact, there were months where I didn't bake at all. I'm not even gonna lie to you, 2020 was a different kind of chaos, right? Like 2020 was a lot. It was a lot. And it was a lot all at once. It was a global pandemic that disrupted everyone's lives. It was protests and race relations. It was a presidential election. Like there was all this shared trauma that happened in 365 days that was just incomparable. Like I cannot fathom that we actually had to do that. Like it feels like, like, you know, when you're sick and you go to bed and you have the wildest dreams like that's how 2020 was a fever dream that's exactly how it felt it was just so many different things and it's going to be really interesting to see how this impacts us sociologically and psychologically like in the coming years from now and that's something that we're all gonna have to deal with like the psyche valuations (laughs) and then you'd be like if you or a loved one survived 2020 you may be eligible for compensation and it's like yes run me my money because it was a lot But 2020 was really rough. It was rough mentally, physically, emotionally. Like, I didn't know what I was doing in 2020. None of us did, right? Like, because it's like, what is this new territory? And I am in no way, shape, or form acting like just because 2020 ended, that means the problems of 2020 ended. I'm so well aware that we are approaching year two of a global pandemic. Like, how is y'all's quarantine going? Because I 
stayed inside and I baked all the bread that I could and I baked all the cupcakes that I could and all the biscuits that I could and your girl is burnt out, okay? I don't know if I have a second quarantine in me, if we're being fully honest. I was supposed to have my hot girl summer. I even tried to have a hot girl winter. Do you know what we missed out on? Do you know what we missed out on? We missed out on barbecues, okay? I missed out on kickbacks. I did. I missed out on barbecues. I missed out on pool parties, okay? I missed out on going to pumpkin patches and pumpkin picking. But I missed out on so much to the point where it's like year two? I don't want to be socially irresponsible like some people. But the kid is ready to wild out. Like, I am an extreme extrovert, okay? To the point where, like, I have to talk to people and I get my energy from engaging with other people. It's almost like impulse. Like I have to say words. I have to say words. Me being in the house for almost a year in these four walls doing the same thing day in and day out, I might just lose my mind. Like I'm already over it. Okay. I was over it in May. I was over it again in July. I was so over it come September October November and December we're in February now I remember last March was like the pandemic pandemonium when everybody was stealing toilet tissue from old ladies I won't forget what y'all did I remember your faces I remember the ones that were out here going crazy for toilet tissue okay couldn't find no Lysol couldn't find any Clorox disinfecting wipes okay couldn't find no flour y'all were out here rationing like we were going to war. Like the beaches of Normandy are getting stormed tomorrow. Like, yes, I get the pandemic was crazy, but it's worse now. Y'all could have left a sister a little something. Like y'all could have left me something. I remember people were stealing up the toilet tissue left and right, left nothing but paper towels. Do you know how that feels? Do y'all know how that feels? I'll tell you how that feels. It don't feel good. I'm still recovering. Thank you, America. Like y'all, I can't do another year of that. I can't do another year of that. I was supposed to be in Spain for my graduation. I graduated. Okay, so technically I graduated twice. I don't know how my university pulled it off or why, um, but I graduated in May and then they graduated me again in December. Still no diploma. Thank you. But yeah, no, I graduated twice. So that technically means I am owed two trips to Spain. So whenever y'all want to open back up, just let the girl know. Just let me know because I'm ready. I got my passport. I got my outfits. I had planned on reenacting the Cheetah Girls too. If you know me and you've ever seen the Cheetah Girls 2, you know what I was prepared to do in those streets of Barcelona. I was going to strut what my mother gave me up and down those streets of Barcelona. I was ready. I had the boots. I had the tops. I had everything necessary but a plane ticket. Like I had everything ready to go but the plane ticket. And that's because y'all heifers didn't want to sit down inside your little houses and drink your little chicken noodle soup and take your zinc tablets the way that y'all was supposed to. Now look at me. But I feel like if anything, 2020 has taught me how to be okay with like your plans not working. I understand like the pandemic was and still is very devastating. It took a year from us. It took experiences from us. It took people from us. But the thing that I've learned is how to bounce back from my failed plans. I am no stranger to having a failed plan. If anything, <laughs> most of my life is just me coming up with plans and then having to rework them and re-edit them and restructure them over and over and over again. In my mind, I'm supposed to be a doctor by now. Guess who hates blood? Guess who hates needles? 
guess who can't do simple math? It's me. Like, why did I ever think that I was going to be a doctor? Like, I don't know if it was like seeing like a cartoon of Doc McStuffins or watching too much Grey's Anatomy, Shonda Rhimes, I'll deal with you later. I don't know what it was about that that told me that I should be a doctor. Like, I don't know. There was nothing in me that suggested you should actually be a doctor besides like, oh, sometimes you like to help people. A doctor does that not make. That is not what constitutes being a doctor. Like, just because you got a stethoscope and some scrubs. And I could buy that at Walmart and I thought about it. But then I was like, impersonating a doctor is a felony. Guess who wouldn't do well in jail? It's me. So like most of my life has been me structuring and restructuring plans. And I feel like the one thing about 2020 was that it taught me how to be okay with my plans falling apart. Um, There's this old saying that's like, if you want to make God laugh, just tell God your plans. And I did tell God my plans. And uh, now we're laughing together because that's not how it worked at all. There's been like a lot of big life changes, career changes, pathway changes, and I've had to learn to be okay with that. And at first I was really not okay with it because it's like, this is what I wanted. This is what I planned for. I essentially put all my eggs in this basket and it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. I was heartbroken over it. I was because it's like, this is what I wanted. I spent all this time like doing this. Like I... I felt like I really had something going, right? Like I felt like this is it. Like this is what I want to do. That didn't happen. And so it's like, where do I, where do I go from here? A lot of this is just me figuring things out along the way. I don't have a plan. Here's what I've learned about myself. If I do have a plan and I say to you, what's the worst that could happen? Run. Because the second I say that, the worst is about to happen. I feel like The phrase, what's the worst that could happen, is the exact phrase that I said to my friends when I got us lost in the middle of Canada at 3 o'clock a.m. And we had to hitchhike back to where we were on the other side of town. Don't ever let me say, what's the worst that could happen to you? Because it's about to hit the fan the second I say that. So I feel like I've been just going along day by day. It's difficult. I don't have a plan. I've just been like moseying along day by day. Some days it works. Some days I'm like, girl you need to make a plan. Like you need to come up with something. You need to assert yourself somewhere. You need to make it work for yourself, right? And I feel like part of that is true. Like, yes, put in the work. Yes, figure out the things that you want in life, set the boundaries that you need for your life. But at other times it's like, what's for you is for you. And like, you can't force a door open. You can't. I've tried. Like, it's really hard because like sometimes I try to manipulate things in my favor. I do. And like, it's a terrible thing. And we're working on it. Every time I've tried to do that, it seems like it's working. And it seems like I'm reaping the benefits of this thing that I forced myself into. It either like doesn't work out or I realized it wasn't actually what I wanted. And I feel like that's a lot of things, right? Like you think you want something so badly and then you get it and it's like, oh, this is it. Like, I didn't really want this. I thought it was what I wanted. I thought it was what I needed at the time. And I spent my whole my whole life and my whole career seeking it and trying to obtain this one thing. And I feel like that's also another thing. Like there is no pinnacle. There is no peak in life. At first I thought it was a terrifying thought. If there is no pinnacle in life, then what am I aiming towards? What am I looking for? What am I seeking? But it was a big pressure release because it's like, I never have to strive to a peak. It took off so much pressure. Like, I don't have to be this. I don't have to strive for that. Like, there is no pinnacle. There is no peak. Like, just because you get the job you wanted, 
does not mean that there's not other tasks for you to do later on in life, right? Just because you get the opportunity of a lifetime does not mean it's actually the opportunity of a lifetime. Like there are other opportunities in your lifetime that you will receive. And I think that that's just so amazing. There is no peak in life. There is no arrival point. There is no destination spot. And I feel like that's the thing that I had to like get out of my head about. It was kind of like depressing almost to think about like, I am not striving in the way that I should be striving, right? When 2020 hit and the world had to shut down and all these things kept happening in in my life and in my friends' lives, it was kind of like, I feel sort of less than for not achieving the things that I set out to achieve at the beginning of the year. Or I feel like I'm a failure. I feel like I've um, let myself down. I feel defeated in a sense because I didn't achieve the things that I had set out to achieve at the beginning of the year. That's what I kind of like put my value on, right? Like if I can't have this workout or I can't have that workout, I'm going to at least have this plan and I'm going to follow through with it and like everything else be damned essentially. I feel like that's how a lot of us live our lives. I felt like I had to have one thing in my life that I could control until I couldn't control it anymore. It was almost freeing to not have to live inside the boundaries that I had set up for myself. It was freeing to not have to live up to these impossible standards that I set for myself. I feel like I try to be a perfectionist in many ways. And I feel like a lot of us try to be perfectionists in many ways. It's like perfectionism without the actual perfection. So just the control part, right? It's just control without the perfection. Because the way that I half-ass stuff, all the time and I had the audacity to call myself a perfectionist I just had to have something in my life that I could control and then a global pandemic and race relations and a presidential election and so many other things a year later all the things that I thought I wanted last year turned out to be not what I wanted and I had to be okay with that and I'm not even telling you that you have to be okay with that I'm not telling you that because a lot happened last year and a lot is still happening this year. We're not yet over with the pandemic. There's so many different things that are happening, but I just want you to sort of be encouraged. But I'm really excited for 2021. I've got some great things underway. I've got this podcast. I got some other new projects underway, but like, what are your goals for 2021? Like, what are you hoping for? What are you wanting? Like, what are you aspiring to do in this new year? So the great thing about being a team of exactly one person is that it's so easy to make executive decisions. I have no one to argue with. I have no one to debate with. It's perfect. I am the CEO, the COO, the manager, the assistant to the regional manager, like all that. So I decided that it was only right that I started off this podcast with biscuits. Hands down, no further discussions. I am a cornbread fed, southern bread black woman, like biscuits and cornbread and caramel cake is in my bloodstream like actually I think the last time I got a lab done that's all that was in there it was just cornbread they couldn't even find the blood in fact I even have baby pictures holding hot biscuits like I don't know why I had hot biscuits in my hand I guess I was eating them but that's how much I love biscuits 
So I decided that I wanted to do a recipe that was really, really simple, really easy as we ease into the world of baking. I didn't want to like whip out, you know, my kitchen torch on the very first day or expose you guys to the crazy thing that is souffles and torts and I don't know homemade bread so I have this quick little biscuit recipe so when you're baking you're gonna want to start off with some utensils some things just to like get you going get you started you're obviously gonna need a bowl some bowls some measuring cups some measuring spoons like a whisk some wooden spatulas some wooden scrapers all that good stuff and I say that because you'd be surprised how many times people hit me up and they're like, oh my gosh, we should like bake something together. Like, let's go bake something. Sure, we can bake. That's not, that's not all I do, y'all. I don't just sit around like the Black Betty Crocker. I do other things. Like, it's okay to invite me over for other things. Like, sometimes I just want to watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like, we can do other things. I don't just have to bake with you. But that's besides the point. <laughs> Some people invite me over and they're like, oh yeah, let's like bake together. And then I pull up to their house and it's like, do you, like, do you have a whisk? Do you have a spatula? Do you have butter? Like, what, what did you think that we were going to do? Like, what did you think that this, and like, they actually want me to like bake with them. And it's like, what did you think? You just thought that like an oven was all you needed? They just pull up with a plate. <laughs> they just pull up with a plate and I don't know, a great imagination. And they think this is all that you need to get things done. No. So when you're getting started into baking, I recommend getting three different kinds of bowls. You're going to want at least a medium, a small, a medium, and a large size bowl, mixing bowls, of course, to hold different kinds of liquids, different kinds of flours. And I say mixing bowls because some people would just pick up a regular bowl and it's like, I can't fit nothing in that. I would recommend you getting silicone or rubber scrapers. Just like scrape the sides of your bowl. We don't like to waste around here. We're in a pandemonium. I recommend you getting a whisk. I don't really use wooden spoons like that. I, f I don't know. I'm weird about textures and I don't really like the texture of wooden spoons. They're cute for the aesthetic. Th that's me personally. The texture is like really weird for those. You don't even need an electric mixer when you're first starting off. Like that's a myth. That is a lie. I have gone on many baking adventures without electric mixers or like the handheld paddles or even like my baking stand. I feel like most of the things that you would ever want to bake when you're just starting off can be done without an electric mixer. Cookies or pies or brownies. That's more for like advanced baking. So like when you're getting into like cakes and cake mixing, when you're getting into like macarons, when you're getting into whipping egg whites and stuff like that, that's when you're going to want the full-fledged hand mixer but until then you're good with just a whisk some common household ingredients i recommend you guys getting which a lot of people should have or a lot of grocery stores offer is um flour of course now in this podcast we're gonna be touching on the different kinds of flours that i use and that can be used in baking such as all-purpose self-rising bread flour cake flour almond flour all those different kinds of things but to start off with i would start off with all-purpose flour and self-rising flour so all-purpose flour is just straight up wheat that is ground and you can get it unbleached. I recommend you guys getting some sugar, okay? Plain old granulated sugar to start with. Later on, we'll venture into powdered sugar, but that's not really necessary for today. Of course, regular table salt. I use kosher salt in my things. I feel like it adds like a nicer texture and it blends better, but that's just for me. So I also highly, highly, highly suggest that everyone get baking soda and baking powder. Though they sound the same, they are greatly different. It will mess up your whole thing if you confuse the two. 
So baking soda is just sodium bicarbonate. It's just a leavening agent, which means that when it's activated, it expels gases and makes things rise. That's what makes cakes lift. That's what makes cookies rise. It's just a rising agent. Baking soda needs an acid in order to activate. It cannot work on its own. So it needs lemon juice or vinegar or brown sugar in order to get things working and get things going. Baking powder, on the other hand, is baking soda, but it has dry acid already inside of it. Kind of like a little starter pack. All baking powder needs is liquid in order to activate. So whereas like baking soda needs an acid to activate it, baking powder already has the acid in it and it just needs liquid to activate it. So they're going to be two different things. They both yield very different results. Please never confuse the two. Vanilla extract is another thing that you need to have on hand. I love to hate vanilla extract. Like it's great as a flavoring tool. It's great to add a little something, something, a little razzle dazzle, a little something for the girls to party to. But whenever I'm baking and I run out of something that I need, it's never like, oh, you ran out of this rare, exclusive rose water filled cactus that I found in the Sahara. It's always, oh, you ran out of just vanilla extract. So you're going to the store for just vanilla extract when you're already at the store 15 times today. Like vanilla extract is one of those things that I just, it's always vanilla extract, bruh. It's always that one little item. So I recommend picking up the essentials, right? The baking essentials, butter, eggs, milk, great moisturizing tools, amazing binding agents. They really help your stuff stick together. So when you don't add enough eggs or enough milk or enough liquid, essentially, it's just not, it's not worth it. Just throw it away. So they're really great for moisture, really great binding tools, all that good stuff. But if you're plant-based or vegan, you're not going to need eggs, milk, or butter. You're going to rely more so on applesauce as a means for moisture and as a means for like binding ingredients together. We'll touch on that in a different episode, but those are just a few things that I recommend picking up as far as like utensils and as far as ingredients. So I was going to originally have audio for me making the biscuits, but did y'all know that biscuits don't make noise? Like, did y'all know that? Keep in mind, I was making these biscuits at three o'clock in the morning. And when I was looking back at the audio, I was like, who are you talking to? Like, it sounded like whispers. And I was like, miss ma'am, miss mamas, you cannot keep talking to yourself at three o'clock in the morning. Like, that's weird. Stop it. And then I was like, oh, that's the sound of the biscuits. It was weird. So I had originally planned to have the audio, but for the sake that it creeped me out, I took the audio out. Uh, we'll have audio further down the line, but just not, not today, not today. Like I said, I love biscuits. I love a good hot biscuit. I think I'm going to go have a biscuit once we're done because I have nothing better to do at seven o'clock in the morning. So for this recipe, you're going to need to get out one of your mixing bowls. I used a large mixing bowl because I doubled mine. Um, you can switch over to your medium one because this is only going to be half of that recipe. Go pick up some self-rising flour, some heavy cream, and some salt if you don't already have it. 
This is going to be the simplest biscuit recipe you will ever do in your entire life. I love biscuits and the fact that I can make them in 20 minutes or less makes me a very happy girl, like ecstatic. You're gonna get one of your mixing bowls, preferably your medium one, and you're going to add to that mixing bowl two cups of self-rising flour. It has to be self-rising flour. It cannot be plain all-purpose flour because all-purpose flour is very different from self-rising flour. Self-rising flour already has the baking soda and the baking powder in there, whereas all-purpose flour is just the pure flour. So get the self-rising flour. Next, you're going to need a spatula and a measuring cup. So after you add in your flour, you're going to add in just a pinch of salt for flavor. Then you're going to take your same measuring cups and you're going to measure out one and a half cups of heavy cream. It is very important that you keep your heavy cream cold until you're ready to use it. So don't leave it out on the kitchen counter. Get your heavy cream out the second you're ready to use it. And you're going to pour it in in increments of three. So you're going to pour in half of a cup at a time. Slowly mix it with your scraper or your spatula to make sure that everything's incorporated in there. Biscuit dough is very different. It's not supposed to be super wet and super tacky, but it's also not supposed to be dry. So you're going to mix everything until it's just incorporated. Do not overmix your dough because that can make for a very dry, crispy biscuit. And we don't want those. We want the nice, flaky, fluffy, melt-in-your-mouth biscuits. You're going to mix it gently each time, just folding it into itself. If it seems too dry, just add a little bit more heavy cream. And if it seems too wet, just add a touch more flour. That's all you need. So next, you're going to flour your surface you can either flour with all-purpose flour or self-rising flour it doesn't really matter but you're going to knead your biscuit the kneading is just the idea of like taking your dough and turning it into itself so you're going to take one corner and fold it into the middle and push it down and like really incorporate the flours and start to activate the gluten inside of it that way it can be nice and chewy and flaky and fluffy the way the good lord intended it to be I pressed my biscuits out. I didn't roll them out. I felt like that was really unnecessary and just like an extra set. I pressed my biscuits out until they're about like half an inch or a three-fourths of an inch. You can measure it with your thumb and your fingernail. That's what I did. I don't actually know real measurements. I'm not a real baker. Um, so I just, I just measured it out to like half an inch or three-fourths of an inch. And then you're gonna start cutting your biscuits. So you can either get a biscuit cutter, which is what I used, or you can get a straight up plain old cup that has like a nice rim and you can use the inside of your cup to press out your biscuits. What you're going to want to do is you're going to want to flour it. Whatever you use, your biscuit cutter, your cup, you're going to want to flour it and you're going to want to gently press into your dough and lift straight up. Do not twist it because that can mess up the edges of your biscuit. So you're going to press it into it and then lift it straight up. You're going to need a baking dish in order to bake your biscuits. I personally used a cast iron skillet enough to fit a whole entire chicken. You can use a metal dish or a ceramic baking dish. The results may vary with those, but I used a cast iron skillet. And you're going to take some butter and you're going to grease the inside of that pan very, very well. So you're gonna grease the bottom and the sides to make sure the biscuits don't stick and don't get cakey. And that way they can like easily pull apart. You're gonna grease the inside of your baking dish and you're gonna preheat your oven to 425 degrees and you're gonna set your baking dish aside until you're ready to use it. So when you're ready to use your baking dish, you're going to go ahead and situate your biscuits inside of this baking dish and you're going to arrange them close together. So I don't know why, there's a science behind it, I just haven't looked into it, but biscuits rise better when they're next to each other. I don't know, maybe they're best friends, maybe they just really like each other, I don't know, I don't get it. They only rise very well if they're right next to each other. So what you're going to do is you're going to place them less than an inch apart, almost touching, like leave a tiny little gap, and by tiny I mean like half an inch, maybe less. Pop them in the oven and let them bake for 15 to 18 minutes or until they're golden brown. 
You can brush them gently with butter. You can add some jam to them. You can glaze them with honey. You can put them in gravy. That's your business, okay? I'm just here to be the bearer of biscuit news. That's all my job is. So I had some people ask me some questions on Instagram a while back about baking. So I'm going to answer a few questions. The first question is, how did I start baking? And what if you're scared to start baking? That's a really good question. I started baking with my mom when I was around seven years old. We were really big on chocolate chip cookies. Like that was the go-to for my family. It was always chocolate chip cookies or some type of muffin. It was usually blueberry muffin or cranberry orange muffins were my favorites. Um, So I just started baking with her. My mom baked a lot she still bakes a lot but she's a great baker her rum cake is phenomenal she learned baking from her mom so I guess I just come from like a long line of bakers one of my earliest memories of baking with my mom was baking these chocolate chip cookies and I don't know why I guess she was trying to teach me something as we're getting ready to bake these cookies she walks away and is like hey it's time for you to try this on your own. Long story short, she left me to try it on my own and (laughs) it was a hot mess. Like it was a literal hot mess all on the bottom of my oven. I formed these cookies, right? Because it was chocolate chip cookies that she had me making by myself. I formed these cookies thinking, I got this. I know what I'm doing. I'm the head honcho. Formed the cookies, put them on the tray, popped them in the oven at 350. Tell me why they melted on the bottom of the oven. Turns out, flour and baking soda and salt aren't just for aesthetics like I actually had to put them in the cookie Um, I guess she was kind of like teaching me the fundamentals of baking which turned out to be very very helpful in the long run and if you're scared to start baking baking's so fun it's so fun but I can see where it can be intimidating I've done it most of my life but if you're scared or intimidated to start I would suggest going to if you're scared to start I would suggest going to Pinterest to look at easy quick DIY recipes there's a lot of really good stuff in there a lot of no-bake recipes so if you're not used to like an oven or like the inner workings of a kitchen a quick easy DIY no-bake cheesecake or no-bake cookies super helpful along the way if you're a more visual learner I would recommend YouTube I'm going to put together a baking cheat sheet of like conversions and the top tools that I use just to get you guys started and I'm going to put that on my website and I will leave all the information for that at the end of the podcast. My last question is, how do I make the perfect pie crust? I will drop my pie crust recipe with you guys a little bit later. Not right now, a little bit later. For any good dough, specifically like a pie crust or like a shortbread or a biscuit dough, you're going to need all your ingredients as cold as possible. And by that, I mean like freezing your flour, freezing your butter, keeping your milk nice and chilled until you're ready to physically use them. So that's my first tip. My second tip is you're going to need a really good acid. So I usually put either... I put apple cider vinegar in mine or sour cream that makes it very, very smooth, but it also gives you like a beautiful crust, a beautiful flaky crust and like a beautiful crumb texture as well.
I had an entirely different episode in mind before I started working on this podcast. Like before I hopped on and started talking to you guys, it was going to sound completely different. I'm looking at my notes right here and I'm like, oh girl, this is gonna have to be a completely different episode. So talk about restructuring plans, okay? Talk about reorganizing your life. I've spent much of my life pretending that I have it all together that I know what I'm doing, that I am all-knowing, pretending that I know what I'm doing or that I know that things are going to work out or how they're going to work out. I've had to let go of that, that guys are perfection. I feel like my desire to be perfect and my desire to have everything together has stopped me from so much. It has stopped me from so many amazing opportunities, so many things that I wanted to do because I said, it's not perfect, I can't put it out into the world yet. And it's like two years later, you still haven't put out anything into the world yet. It's this crippling desire to be to be perfect and to not have any flaw. If you are talking yourself out of things, you have to stop it. Like if you're saying to yourself, I'm not going to put this out into the world yet because what if they don't like it? Girl, who is they? Who is they? Name them quickly. I'll wait. Who are these people that you are just basing your life decisions around? So what if they don't like it? There's a market for everybody. Somebody will like it. I am more capable and you are more capable than you realize. You just have to get out of your head and it's so difficult and I'm preaching to myself in this very moment in time. It's really hard to get out of your head. It's really hard to step into the unknown, but it's worth it. If you stay on this other side of uncertainty, then you'll never know. You'll never know if that was an amazing opportunity on your incredible journey of life. Like you'll never know if you don't just step out into the void and and see and see for yourself. Like you have to stop selling yourself short. You have to stop counting yourself out. Like stop counting yourself out of the blessings, the goals and the dreams you have. Like you who said you're dreaming too big? Who said that? Who told you that you're not capable? Who told you that you're not prepared for the journey ahead? Like everything you have is already in you. Like all you have is all you need. And that's what I've had to learn about myself. Like you don't have to go out and buy the fanciest of equipment. You don't have to have all these years of knowledge or a degree or anything. Like all you have is all you need. It's already inside of you. And I feel like it's not coincidence that you're on this earth at this point in time with your skill set, your flaws, your weird quirks that everybody told you that you can't be useful that everyone told you oh you need to get that fixed everyone told you like all these different things in life that's not true if we're being honest I've counted myself out of a lot of things or I listened to the opinions of other people that told me I couldn't do something and I believe them I wholeheartedly believe them and I told myself it's not even worth looking into because I'll be wasting my time I'll be wasting my money no look into it if that's what you want to do look into it your friends might not be your target audience and that's fine that's fine if it's if it's just you in your corner it doesn't matter who's in your corner or who isn't if it's just you in your corner run with it they don't have to know the plan you don't have to know the plan you just need to start something that's how I feel about this podcast it doesn't have to be perfect the way that I've structured this podcast it is going to be 14 different episodes that means I have 14 weeks to get it together okay that's the beauty of it like it doesn't have to be perfect just start it start your podcast start your website start your YouTube channel start your I don't know your freelancing business like just start you don't have to have all the answers today in fact you're not going to have all the answers today and like we talked about before like plans change and embrace that change embrace the beauty of that change change is inevitable it's important change is amazing it gives life to new opportunities to new vision to new experiences this is a great time to experience some new things and some new opportunities 
But yeah, don't count yourself out. Don't sell yourself short. I don't care if you want to work for NASA. I don't care if you want to work for yourself. I don't care if you want to run a Fortune 500 company or if you want to, I don't know, go on a road trip and just live off the grid. I don't care what you want to do. Just do it. Like make plans to do it. Start today. Don't put off the things that you could do today. And I I am preaching to the choir here because I am the queen of procrastination and procrastination is just self-sabotage. It is. I put off things until the last minute until I'm like, oh, there's no point in doing that now. I've already missed it. It's too late. Or, oh, I don't really have what it takes to do it. So I'll just keep putting it off until I feel like it. Or I just don't really, I'm not really. No, procrastination is self-sabotage and you've got to stop it. So start today. I'll wait. In fact, I want some of y'all to to DM me on Instagram and just send me emails. And if you see me on Twitter, at me. Tell me what you started today. Tell me what you're doing in this very moment that you said, I am done trying to be perfect, but I really, I really want this. And I'm really invested in this. Tell me what you're invested in that you're going to start today. You are worth investing in. Oftentimes we invest in so many different other people and we're so enthralled by their experiences and we want the best for them. But I want the best for you. Embrace life and all it has to offer because I'm banking on you too. So in the coming weeks, I want to know what you guys are doing. We have a long road ahead of us. I want to know what you guys are doing, how you're reorganizing your life, how you're restructuring your plans, what you're embracing, what you're stepping into, your goals, your dreams. What are you What are you looking forward to for this year? What are you invested in right now? What are you going to start today? If you see me on Twitter or Instagram, at me, let me know. I want to know what you're working on. I want to keep you accountable just like y'all are going to keep me accountable dope was written and produced by me jay music was produced by my friend diego lainez you can find him on instagram at diego grit that's d-i-e-g-o-g-r-i-t for more information head on over to jspot.com that's j-a-i-s-p-o-t dot com and follow us on instagram at the underscore jspot That's T-H-E underscore J-A-I-S-P-O-T. Dope premieres every Friday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.